This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. Helen Farmer with you. Your chance to hear from the experts, the insiders and the industry. Get some great recipe ideas and of course share your questions as well as we talk all things food. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Now getting up close and personal with one of Dubai's celebrity chefs. Sylvana Rowe is a Dubai-based chef and master chef judge hailing from Bulgaria. She's got a passion for Ottoman cuisine, but is truly international. She began her career in London when she was just 19. And Chef Rowe is now based here, having opened up Nassau, a Mediterranean restaurant located in Jamira Gulf Estates. And she's working with Spinneys. Your chance to try some of her delicious recipes. Chef, thank you so much for being with us. How are you today? And Ramadan Karim. Ramadan Karim, I'm great. Thank you so much. So good to to be with you again. I love being there. You know, your program is just so delicious. Thank you. Well, last time we were together, we were together. We were able to cook together and uh, present together. But COVID means you can't be in the studio. But through the power of technology, it's it's a delight to have a chat today, Solvana. And I just would love to go back to the beginning, if that's all right with you. As I said, you are truly international. Bulgarian mum, Turkish dad living in London, now in Dubai. So you've got a wealth of inspirations Mm. for some of your recipes and food concepts. How would you describe your foodie philosophy? I have to say my food philosophy is very simple. You know, I I have a motto. I always say that with every bite, you either fight or invite a disease. And being actually uh, someone who specializes, who cooks predominantly Eastern Mediterranean cuisine, which is one of the most uh, notoriously healthy cuisines out there, uh, I just went a step further uh, in my years in Dubai to develop a lot stronger passion and eating with intention because, you know, we should really all be eating with intention. And what we've seen through the pandemic is that a lot more, a lot more of us are now aware of the way we eat. Everybody is talking about superfoods. They're talking about immune strengthening foods. So suddenly all it becomes very much on the top of our agenda. And uh, I would describe my food as uh, consciously healthy, but above all delicious. I was just about to say, we want food to be enjoyment and that's something that you blend together so well. And I would certainly say, you know, on the right side of history and ahead of, you know, where so many chefs were when it came to food being nourishment and medicine, but yes, enjoyment and and delicious too. Absolutely. Um, So which culture do you identify with the most, would you say? Um, Well, I'm pretty cosmopolitan, really. I seem to have this incredible ability to adjust and to assimilate in whatever environment I'm placed uh, as a professional, as a human being. Um, uh, So I would say I probably am Bulgarian with very strong Oriental Ottoman roots, you know, but uh, I would say I'm Eastern European. And I would say I have a very strong uh, affinity, a very strong uh, feeling and passion for all things uh, Middle Eastern. And uh, just I found my place in Dubai, really. I, I quite love being there. Just about to say you're, in that case, the perfect Dubai chef. You know, so many influences and a real passion for the city. And I know you love traveling and, you know, London was such a game changer for your career. You were on television, writing articles for The Guardian. You penned books as well, exec chef at some of the finest restaurants in the city. How are you, how are you managing to not travel right now and are you missing it? 
I am traveling quite a lot, actually, okay. because I'm a, a global MasterChef judge. So I have not stopped traveling throughout uh, the pandemic. I have been traveling. I have been extremely, extremely careful. I'm super careful, in fact, because of work. I had to travel. At the same time, I have my restaurants in Dubai, to which I had to attend as well. Um, and basically, I did uh, very luckily, because we are very lucky in the UAE, we got the vaccinations very early, while people around the world are still scrambling and unable mm -hmm. to get vaccinations. So I got vaccinated very early on, and it was my choice, and I, I feel great about it. So I have a peace of mind. And traveling, it's not so much glamorous in the sense of my traveling. It's to do with um, making sure that um, I continue having this purpose in life because it is the purpose in life that actually saves us and helps us remain young at heart and in mind as well. Without a purpose, we are lost. And money are all very nice, but money should not be the main driver. Mm -hmm. It's true. And, you know, I think having that forward momentum and always something you know, planned and something to be excited and enthused about is is so so important. And and, and that's how, as I said, is your is your latest offering on the yeah. Dubai foodie scene. Can you tell us a little bit about it? If anyone hasn't been to that restaurant in Jamira Gulf Estates, what can they expect when they walk through the door? And also, it's a very beautiful, crisp, very delicious uh, kind of elevated uh, homemade flavors and cooking, but obviously with the chefy techniques, of course. Uh, it's set in the lush uh, surroundings of one of the best golf courses in the Middle Eastern region, Jumeirah Gulf Estates. It's a labor of, of love. It's a brand new uh, concept. It's something that I have created together with uh, Jumeirah Gulf Estates, which is rare because in the UAE, we still seem to want a quick fix. You know, we still seem to want to get uh, um, brands that are already well established, uh, which cost money. So it's been great. I have a phenomenal community. We have over 2,000 people living in the villas and they love coming to us. And I also have Botanica there, which is my other little restaurant, which is more like a cafe, uh, beautiful breakfast, beautiful pool food. And uh, we close that one at seven and then we open for dinner at Nassau. So it's very much uh, in mind with uh, the golfers mm -hmm. and people loving sports. And if anyone's going to go this weekend, and whether that is as their neighbourhood destination, which it is for so many that are lucky enough to live there, but if you want to have a real destination, you know, get into the car for 15, 20 minutes and have a little mm. escape from the city amid those greens and, and delve into the menu, what do you feel like on that menu is you on a plate that you feel like you, if you go there, you have to try it to have the Sylvania experience? You have to really have my black truffle labne, which is a homemade Ooh. labne with a beautiful infusion of black truffle and then topped with gorgeous uh, locally sourced organic baby vegetables. So this is very, very exciting. Then if, if you're a meat lover, we have phenomenal steaks. We have some of the best wagyu in town. Um, like uh, one of my favorite dishes is actually uh, the organic uh, soy glazed poached salmon with um, green uh, Thai kind of curry uh, broth on the top with black rice. So we have a lot of healthy, beautiful food, but it's super infused with flavor. And with the desserts, of course, we have uh, vegan, we have gluten-free. I will always be going for my vegan chocolate ice cream, which is also gluten-free, sugar-free and dairy-free. However, if you want something more uh, real and more punchy, then go for the tiramisu, which is uh, one of the best tiramisu you will have, plus eat and mess, uh, or the chocolate and caramel tart. So oh, the desserts are also very delicious so and strong. <laughs> We're asking everyone to get in touch this afternoon and say, when they go to the supermarket, what do they find impossible 
to leave without. It just seems to somehow throw itself into your basket, no matter what is actually on your shopping list. For me, it's always choose Manish. I always seem to buy like 10 bananas because they disappear so quickly. We've got Suleiman who's saying uh, chocolate milk. Yes, I'm an adult who loves chocolate milk. Croissants getting some love from Mafia. What about you? When you go to the supermarket, what do you always buy without fail? Uh, without fail, I will always buy greens. I will always buy herbs, greens. I will always buy tomatoes, especially spinach. Because if you go and look at spinach, for example, you have not one, but at least 20 types of tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And tomatoes I love. I, I come from a country with the best tomatoes in the world. So tomatoes for me are very important. They're very good for our diet. They're very delicious. I use them in cooking, salads, etc. And avocados. I love avocados. So those are the things. But I'm a specialist in supermarkets because... When I used to have my page in The Guardian all those years ago in UK, my page was very connected to what each supermarket in Blighty had to offer. So as a result, I used to go, I used to know exactly what was where, at what price it was, at what quantity, when it was restocked, because my page depended on that. So the same thing happened automatically in Dubai. I literally know which supermarket does what, (laughs) where you can find the best cheese. She's a savvy shopper. You can find the best... uh, uh, Frankfurt, uh, where you can buy the best chicken and where you can buy the best quality tomatoes, the best quality avocados, the best quality berries, because not every supermarket is born equal. Really, oh. We know that. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We love talking food this afternoon and we love talking food with chefs and celebrity chef Sylvana Rowe, who's joining us live on the line now. She's teamed up with Spinney's to create some incredible desserts that we can actually try. The carrot cake, Sylvana, I need to know more. Tell us about this dish. Mm. Well, I, I arrived seven years ago in Dubai and I discovered karak. I've never knew karak and I thought, wow, this is so delicious. And of course, most of my friends and most of the people I surround myself with in Dubai are not expat, but they are local Emirati. So when I'm invited around Ramadan in their houses or just generally invited, there's always Karak as well as Gahwa. So, uh, and I loved it. And I've never drunk uh, alcohol in my life. I never will. So for me, this was like, wow, this is so exciting. Instead of having all the time uh, uh, water, you know, this is really exciting or just tea. So... I loved it, and I decided to incorporate it in in a cake by actually elevating the cake because I love sponge cakes. In Britain, my mother-in-law, she makes the best uh, sponge cake ever. And I corpor- incorporated it uh, with a very lush, delicious, velvety, luxurious uh, carrot cream, buttercream, uh, beautiful, fluffy sponge, very simple cake, but really infused with the flavors, with the memories, with the intentions of Ramadan. It's calming, it's quiet, it's velvety, it's delicious. It's just something that would be so beautiful and reminiscent for everybody who has been brought up in the UAE. And for those who haven't, it would be a wonderful uh, taste of something that they have never tasted, which is part and parcel of the culture in the UAE. So it's, uh, it's something very special to celebrate the holy months of Ramadan. It sounds delicious and it's such a unique flavour profile. I love the idea of taking that 
as a gift. And, you know, we know that there are certain flavours from different parts of the world just that just take us straight back there. And Kairak for me is exactly that. You know, no matter where I live in the world, if I ever have a smell of it or a taste of it in the future, I'll be mm. I'll be right back mm. in Dubai. And, and where can this... people try it? You know, is, is it for sale in the dessert counter? Is it to order? How does it work, Sylvana? It is in the next few days. This, as well as the other desserts, and it's a quite a beautiful big range, are going to be offered in the counter in all the supermarket uh, stores of Spinis in the UAE. And I understand also some abroad, but for now, uh, we are not sure of that. Uh, basically, this karakti has a very uh, beautiful, uh, fragrant feel about it because of the of this 1001 Arabian Nights uh, flavors. You know, you have the scent of cardamom, a touch of cinnamon, a little bit of star anise, and it creates this wonderful allure. And it's an experience. And having that karakti with actually a cup of karak, it's phenomenal experience. So yes, it is in all the spinners, and it's just the be- beginning of actually our wonderful collaboration with Spinis. So it's perfect. And also I'd like to add that I have totally and entirely created this unique. The recipe like that does not exist. I've created it entirely to celebrate Ramadan and Spinis. The range just sounds so delicious. You've got a triple chocolate cheesecake, a velvety cheesecake, Nutella tiramisu, my days, and Arabic coffee and date tiramisu as well. Always room for dessert Mm -hmm. in my Mm -hmm. book, Sylvana. Thank Mm -hmm. you so, so much for your time this afternoon, for your contribution to the UAE dining scene and for bringing some serious celebrity flavours to our local spinnies. I love the the chance to to try some of your creations. I think it sounds absolutely brilliant. I think it's very important that uh, our customers at Spinis are able to taste an elevated restaurant quality at beautiful, reasonable prices, but still amazing experience. So all the desserts, like I said, the dessert is just the tip of uh, a lot more to come, a lot more savory, beautiful dishes. So the choices and offers are endless. Watch so watch out, Spinis. Thank you, Sylvana. Sylvana and Spinis, absolute dream team in my book. Sylvana Rowe joining us Thank there. You. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Recipe inspiration galore. This afternoon we're joined live on the line by Ankit, social media manager at Spinneys. So, Ankit, what is it for you? Whenever you go into Spinneys, and I know yours is just downstairs from where you work, <laughs> but what do you always seem to pick up? I always pick up the cheese croissant, always, because, like, I I love it. It's just you have to ask them to warm it slightly, and then you have it. It is the best thing to have with a cup of coffee in the morning. Now, we're going to be coming to some of your uh, top recipe ideas, but I just wanted to run a bit of news past you, because, as we know, over 120 million people have been affected with COVID-19, and 65% of them have suffered with smell disorders. 10% will continue to have this disorder uh, long after recovering from the disease. So if you have been suffering from COVID and you've lost your sense of smell or taste, I'd love to get your take on what that's been like because a brand new cookbook is actually addressing this very issue. And we've seen all sorts of different recipes and remedies going viral on TikTok. One in particular was a guy who was saying, this has been a family remedy for years. What you need to do is get an orange and burn the skin and then you eat the orange. And a loss or distortion of taste and smell has become 
one of the hallmarks, really, of COVID. And uh, there's a new cookery book called Taste and Flavour. It's been developed with sensory scientists. And there's all sorts of really interesting things, like um, using lots of pickled things, lots of citrus. Um, and I just wondered if you'd heard any tips or tricks or any, any ideas that you might have for helping people get their sense of smell and taste back after a bout of the COVID. Um, so I actually did lose my sense of smell uh, and taste after COVID and uh, I got it in September and uh, certain things still smell and taste different like the an onion or coffee and stuff like that but zinc really helps me and uh, and also essential oils. Mm, and uh, some of the advice I've heard kind of counterintuitive you think that to get your sense of smell back you should be taking these big deep breaths but apparently you can be exploring different smells by what doing what the scientists call little bunny breaths like little little sniff sniff sniffs um, and kind of yeah. awaken, awakening the senses there but if anyone's got any tried and tested remedies for getting your sense of smell back your tastes back or even sharing your experiences get in touch we'd love to hear them on 4001 now Ankit it is day three of Ramadan and I know many people have been busy in the kitchen, yourself included, and I would love to get some ideas for some of the things that you, know, you have been whipping up in the kitchen, but also things that we can find on the latest pages of the Spinney's magazine. So we are Farmer's Kitchen be sharing some of those We're from starters to dessert, so you don't have to cook the same dishes over and over again. Anka Gulabani with us this afternoon. So what's on the menu today? It sounds like we're starting with a soup. Yes. For a soup, we have a, an excellent roasted capsicum soup with quesadillas on the side. Um, of course, when you're roasting capsicum or roasting any peppers, really, you could grill the peppers in the oven or you can do it on a gas stove. That's even better because the more black bits and more charred bits um, are much better for these peppers. It condenses the flavors of the peppers or the water evaporates and it intensifies the flavor. And uh, we serve this roasted pepper soup with uh, grilled chicken. Um, you could also just pick up rotisserie chicken from the Spinney's Deli, add some black beans in there, and uh, serve it maybe with some char-grilled corn. And yeah, cheesy quesadillas on the side also are just a bonus. Love the sound of that. Now, I, I love soup. I, my kids like soup, but they don't like... Um, <laughs> they're so, so picky. They don't like kind of chunks in their soup, a bit like their yogurt. Could you blend this or is it better to have it chunky, do you think? Yes, you, you could blend yogurt inside or you could just like have a little bit of sour cream on the side as well, just for that additional like creaminess. Now, one thing I spotted both on your social media earlier today and also in the pages of Spinney's is a real showstopper dish, to be honest. It's uh, lamb maklube, so a beautiful dish that is turned upside down. You've got that moment of drama when you reveal it to the table. Um, served across the Levant. And are you, are you able to give us a little bit of insight about how you can make such a stunning dish without actually losing your sanity and indeed spilling rice everywhere? So the, what great, to know? Great, <laughs> the great thing about the recipe that we have in the pages of the magazine is that the, traditionally you would deep fry the vegetables for maklube, but here, instead of deep frying it, we have the aubergine and the potatoes going into the oven and the cooking process already starts there. So while that's happening, we get our hands free and we can make uh, the lamb mixture, the lamb mixture with uh, a few of the whole spices, get the rice ready, and then it's it's all about the layering of this dish because it you layer it at the bottom with the then there's a layer of potatoes, a layer of meat that you've sauteed. You could use lamb or chicken. There's leek, capsicum, then the uncooked rice, 
and you pour hot water on top and you cook it sealed for 50 minutes. Uh, and then you let it rest for 10 minutes after it's done cooking. And then you bring it to the table, you turn the pot out and you slowly lift it. And that's when the yeah, and that's when the oohs and ahs from the guests and everyone's like, wow. Ta da! It, it is an absolutely stunning dish, and you can head over, head over to Atspanese Dubai to have a look at what the final result should be. But it sounds easier than it looks, to be honest, which I'm a massive fan of. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Great to have you with us and delighted to be joined this afternoon by Anke Gulbani. He is joining us from Spinneys as we look through the pages and give you some ideas and inspiration for Ramadan recipes and also recipes that you can tear out and make all year long. Discussed a beautiful roasted, um, well, they say capsicum, I say red pepper soup, uh, sip quesadilla with, yes, my favourite chicken rotisserie uh, on the side, uh, a lamb maclube, but what about something sweeter? Ankit, you've got a, a dish there which is called sticky Swedish carbon buns. This sounds... Pretty complicated, to be honest. Uh, what do we need to know about making sticky buns at home? So making bread at home is always such a daunting task for so many of us. But it, this is easy. Um, it needs a lot of cardamom. And I know a lot of people don't like cardamom. Will, that will be put off by it. But don't let it put you off. Because when the cardamom cooks, the perfume, the aroma of the bread is amazing. Um, it's... We make the bread dough from scratch. The, so you use tepid milk, same temperature as your body. Uh, then you can make it in a sand mixer or do it by hand. Um, then the dough is proofed and uh, until it's puffy. And then when it comes to the shaping, now this is when the complicated bit is because like a lot of people think that is the shaping of this knotted cardamom bun might be difficult. But just think of it this way. You cut it into strips. And then you just wrap it around your hand like a band-aid. So that will make it a lot easier. But if you're still finding it too intimidating to do, then you can make these sticky Swedish cardamom buns as a cinnamon roll. So you just roll it into a giant log and you cut it into wheels and bake it just like you would a cinnamon roll. Now, listen, I watch enough of the Great British Bake Off to basically be a baker myself had I the skills but the proofing thing always bothers me I don't really understand what it does and I don't really know how to do it so when you're talking about proofing bread there where in your home do you do that and I remember on, on a previous episode of Farmer's Kitchen when we were speaking to chefs all over the world it was Chef, Chef Jason Atherton who was teaching us how to make bread and he was in his uh, beautiful home kitchen in London we were in the studios here and we had people joining us on Facebook Live, and he was going, I'm just going to pop down to the room where I proofed the bread. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. So the camera follows him, duh, 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 out of his kitchen, down the stairs, into the basement, past Jason Atherton's home gym, past Jason Atherton's home cinema, and into his laundry room, which is where he proofs all his bread. And I was thinking, <laughs> how do us normal people do it? So <laughs> when you're talking about making bread at home, what does proofing do and where do you do it? So at Personally, I will put the bread uh, covered, uh, covered with a plastic bag, or if I find a shower cap in the house, I put the shower cap on top <laughs> and just put it in the oven because the oven, it's um, it's warm enough in the oven and it's not kind of like in the air-conditioned room because mm. that's important. It needs to be in a warm place. So I, I just like to just put it in the oven. The oven does not be on just inside there. That is a good place to just uh, keep it. 
And, the brooch. and what can I ask? We're looking for it to kind of double in size. And yes. the other thing about making bread is I feel like you need to have a lot of stuff. And I know bread maker is one of those gadgets that people tend to buy, and then it just seems to make dust rather than actually make bread. But what if you don't have a stand mixer? Can you still do it? Yes, you can do it by hand, one hundred percent, and it's 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 very easy to do it by hand as well. It's just it requires a bit of kneading for eight to ten minutes uh, by hand, and it's a good like like forearm workout, you know. So it's a fun thing to kind of uh, do. You don't need a stand mixer to attempt bread. People have been making bread for ages without a stand mixer. Good point. Long time before electricity was invented. Um, and the last thing I wanted to ask you about is making cashew butter. What, we love a nut butter here in the UAE. I'm seeing yeah. them all over the shop. But what about actually making one from scratch? It sounds to me a bit like, I know I could, in theory, churn my own butter, but is life too short? <laughs> and what would we get out of doing this? To make any nut butter, you need a good blender, 100%. And like when you're making a nut butter like this, which is a casual cardamom butter, we're kind of depending on the nice toastiness of the cashew nuts for which we're going to have to brown it. And uh, a great tip for that is you can to, to know when your nuts have like browned enough is to cut a nut in half, a cashew nut in half, and check if it has browned all the way through. And that's going to give that deep flavor that will go so well with cardamom. Then you add the nuts to the blender when it's hot, and uh, because that's just going to ensure that it releases uh, its uh, oils, and it will result in a super smooth, gorgeous, silky butter that you can put on top of toast, in tarts, anywhere really thank you thank you so so much really appreciate all of your insights your creativity as well you've got some beautiful recipes both on the spinny social media and your own as well so we will talk to you very soon you may have convinced me to make my own butter maybe i'll report back (laughs) you're listening to farmer's kitchen with spinnies only on dubai eye 103.8 this is my kind of afternoon Full chats about cheese. Paul Crawford joining us now. He's a category manager of the Chilled Deli section at Spinney's, talking about some of the hottest products to head to those cool shelves. Paul, we've been asking everyone to get in touch this afternoon and share whenever they go into store, what do they always leave with? Even if it's not on their shopping list or they've got plenty of it in their cupboards at home. And cheese has been mentioned so many times. I know that your office is just above Spinney, so you're in there all the time. But what do you always seem to buy, even if you don't actually need it? Hello, Helen. Hello. Um, hello. Um, I always tend to leave with some donuts, believe it or not. I absolutely love the donuts and the spinnies. I just can't uh, keep them keep them away from my uh, fridge. So I often leave with donuts. Well, to be honest with you, when we were filming Farmer's Kitchen in the Maidan store, which, by the way, is... Am I am I middle-aged now and I'm saying that's a beautiful shop? Like, who am I? But it is a beautiful store. And we were filming Farmer's Kitchen just there. And I couldn't, I couldn't be there without picking up some of the English toffee cookies. They are unbelievable. So curses to whoever is, uh, I'm, a few, I'm a few kilos down since we started bringing it back into the studio. <laughs> That's good to know. But it is cheese that we're talking about this afternoon. You've got some new ones in the deli you're going to be sharing with us this afternoon. So come on then, tell us some of your favourites. What are they and where have they come from? So yes, we have launched three amazing exciting new cheeses we're really working hard to differentiate our offer um in our, in our cheese category 
And um, Connor and my team and I have been really looking to what can really excite our customers. So in time for Ramadan, we, we thought long and hard about it. And we've, we've um, introduced an amazing uh, Brie de Mo with truffles. So Brie de Mo, if you're not familiar, is known as Leroy de Fromage. It's the king of cheese. And it's one of the strongest soft white cheeses from France. Uh, so again, it's, it's Brie, um, but it's got a layer of creme fraiche and truffles. Um, oh. So for for all of your listeners out there who love truffles, this is absolutely the cheese they need to try. So again, it's something that is completely different, um, is very, very kind of special and um, something that can't be found uh, in many places. So it's a cheese we're really proud of and it's something that, um, in the office at least, we are absolutely adoring right oh, now. Your office snacks must be next level just like yeah come over and check out my truffle brie do you know my friend ali would be all over this he gets that lovely burrata you have with truffle as well and i know that this would yeah this this does sound like king of cheeses so it's a uh, brie de meur with truffles and that sounds absolutely stunning if i if someone um isn't a brie fan isn't a soft cheese fan what else are you bringing into store well, it's, it's funny you mention about um, uh, the, the office um, environment. We, you, you know, we've never been more popular than we have when we had these samples. Um, everyone was wanting to be our best friend. The, the, one of the other new ones we brought in, which is, uh, which is different um, to the brie, is a, it's an ocelli in chestnut leaves. So it's actually from an Italian producer. It's, it's only from one producer, from a, a, a gentleman named Beppino Ocelli. Um, and he's a real kind of pioneer of flavour in the cheese world. And he's developed this hard cheese, which is, um, which is matured for around 18 months. And he wraps the cheese in chestnut leaves. And it delivers this most amazing, firm and crumbly um, cheese with kind of real earthy, creamy and herby notes on it. Um, and it's just delicious. And it's, um, it's a really unique cheese, actually. It's something, when I first tasted it, I was like, wow, that is completely new to me. Really? Um, just super distinctive. One, yeah, and the visual of it is incredible. So, um, you know, if we're talking about trying to entertain guests at home or even just going home and um, impressing your partner with uh, some amazing cheese, which I do, I try and do quite often. Um, it, and this comes wrapped in, wrapped in chestnut leaves. So it's a really different looking kind of cheese. And it's something that our customers are already really reacting to. Um, and again, it's just that level of differentiation that we're after. Can I ask, what, what's it made from? Is it cow's milk, goat's milk? What, what's the kind of origin of it? Yeah, this, this one is cow's milk. Um, and it's from, um, it's from a region um, of, of Italy, which, which um, has a very particular um, type of cow's milk. So it's, um, it's yeah, the flavour it gives is amazing. Okay, right. That, that sounds like a real wow. So we've got a brie, we've got a harder cheese. What's your third and final uh, exciting addition to the counter in Spinney's? So uh, one one we've really tried to uh, think about very long and hard um, about how we can how we can appeal to um, uh, customers who are shopping at Ramadan. Um, so clearly, rose petal is is a very key flavour in Ramadan and local uh, cuisine. So we actually sought to find a cheese with rose petal on it. What? Um, 
And uh, we found our, it's a cheese called a Wildflower Tom. Now, it's actually from Austria, but they use a wide range of different um, herbs and flowers to actually flavour the outside of the cheese. Um, so alongside uh, rose petals, they have uh, different kinds of herbs, and it gives this beautiful appearance. So again, thinking about how you can impress guests or entertain guests, introduce the story to them. Um, it's got blues, it's got purples, it's got yellows, greens on the outside of it, and it delivers a very um, floral, nutty taste into the cheese. Um, and um, again, we, we've never been more popular, but our customers are really reacting to it as well. Well, just think about, you know, the, the beautiful edible flowers and microgreens you have, you know, in the fresh produce. So this, you know, kind of continuing that through to your cheese board, a cheese that's got, you know, is it dried wild flowers that are kind of, is it like pieces of it that creates almost like a crust? Am I, am I imagining yes, it so correct? Exactly. So it's on the rind of the product. Um, and it's, it's compacted down, dried, um, but they still remain that kind of vibrant colour. Um, and when you, when, you, when you bite into the cheese and catch some of the rind, um, the, the kind of rounded flavour it gives you both from the, 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 the herbs and the flowers, but also the nutty, creamy cheese. It is really, you, you, you have to try it, Helen. I think, I think that's the, the story here. Yeah, that, that, that'd be great. If there's any left, after we've inspired the rest <laughs> of Dubai to go and buy simple. Um, now, that's three new cheeses you've got in the deli. Is, do, you keep, do you keep a count? How many are currently in offer? And I'm not just saying in every single store, but you know, across the whole you know, range of spinnies. How many cheeses do you reckon you could get your hands on for the ultimate cheese board? Oh wow, we have we have a vast vast selection of cheese, and it's something we're always trying to um, work harder on in terms of keeping customers um, excited and engaged in the range. But we have right now on on um, our counter probably about eighty different types of cheese. Wow. Um, but again, for people that are going out there and building a cheese board. Um, you know, cheese boards. It's, it's very, it's it's very down to what the environment, and the context is. I love one of my favourite things is instead of having a regular tea, uh, dinner, is picking two or three of your favourite cheeses um, and sitting down in front of the TV <laughs> with um, with some beautiful accompaniments and, and having a cheese board oh, that way just du- during oh, the week. I have got the biggest smile on my face because that is my favourite. What we call a picky tea where you just get, as you say, some great cheeses, some chutneys, some cold cuts. I got some really lovely um, Waitrose rye crackers from you guys yesterday um, and just maybe some some fresh grapes and sitting down and watching Line of Duty. Like that to me. <laughs> Who needs to go out? Not me. Very happy. Thanks very much. That sounds absolutely perfect. So if someone is looking to build the ultimate cheese board this weekend, what do you feel like it would be incomplete without with, if they're heading to Spinney's tonight to, to you know, recreate my dream evening? What do they need to have on that cheese board? Just one cheese, Paul, your favourite of the day. Right, OK, my favourite um, that um, your listeners have to look out for in their stores. It's, um, so in my opinion, no cheese board can be complete without blue cheese. However, blue cheese can be really polarising. Mm-hmm. I... I really like the mild blue cheese um, out there. And there's one called a torta gorgonzola. Um, so it's a gorgonzola cheese, blue cheese, 
mixed with mascarpone. Mm. So it gives you a real sharpness from the, mm. yeah, it gives you a real sharpness of the blue cheese, but mixed with the um, dreamy uh, gorgonzola and mascarpone. It's a real showstopper. Um, and it is of the mild, more mild variety, but for those uh, that are looking for um, a, a different experience, this definitely delivers it. Um, and it's, yeah, I would highly recommend this cheese. Okay, right. I'm on it. Thank you so, so much Tor- for your time. Tor- Keep... Gorgonzola. Oh, right, that's me. Via Home via the Umsakeen branch to get some cheese and some more of the deli counter. Paul Crawford, thank you so, so much. Really appreciate your time and your cheesy insights today. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. It is Farmer's Kitchen with me, Helen Farmer. We love celebrating homegrown heroes here on Dubai Eye 103.8. Don't forget you can tune into Starting Up. Brand new series on Tuesdays at 10am. If you are thinking about starting your own company, it could be a side hustle. It could be something you've dreamt of. All through circumstances, now is the right time to do something for you. Be your own boss. We're speaking now to one of the companies that's part of the Spinney's Incubator Program. Um, delighted to be joined now by Nisha. She's the co-founder of Naksha, which you can find on shelves of Spinney's right now, plus learning more about the collaboration that they're doing with Hatamata of the Mata Farm because of the holy month of Ramadan. Um, Nisha, would you mind taking us back to the very beginning? Um, what were you doing before you had the idea to start your own food company? What's your background? Absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having me uh, on, Helen. So I come from um, the kind of events, exhibitions in the corporate world. So I was a um, portfolio director at um, a government department previously. And um, so I had no real experience in food and beverage, except for the fact that I loved it <laughs> and drink all the time. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, our, my partner and I, during lockdown, we were cooking a lot. Um, and when I say a lot, we were all three meals that we ate had to be exotic gourmet food all the time because we couldn't travel. So we mm. used that as a way to travel through food. Um, and, you know, we'd pour through cookbooks, look at recipes online and try and find really exotic meals to make. Um, what, what started happening is actually we realized that a, it was costing us a lot of money to make these meals because we would buy these spices. So, you know, one day we'd cook a meal from Afghanistan. The next day it would be something from Korea. Um, and if, if, you, if you cook a little bit, you know that a lot of these ingredients come in bigger bag sizes. And so we're, we were having to buy, you know, 500 gram, one kilo bags of ingredients. Mm, this, which, is, this is my cupboard where I, I appear yeah, to have... Yeah a kilo of cloves that I bought to, you know, put into a satsuma at Christmas time and I've got no other <laughs> use for. So I think a lot of people will be nodding along going, yeah. And also yeah. herbs and spices, you know, maybe haven't got the shelf life that we think they do. I know personally I have moved house several times with some of the same spices <laughs> because I haven't managed to get through them and they don't last absolutely. forever, unfortunately. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And we realised that our pantries were getting filled up and also our pockets were getting emptier. So we were we think there has to be a better way to be able to explore different cuisines without kind of it being so bulky. Um, around the same time, we heard the Spinney's um, incubator program being launched um, on Dubai. I actually we heard it um, on the breakfast show. Yeah, full and, um, circle. <laughs> it is full circle. There's another fun story I'll tell later that really does take it full circle with a collaboration as well with Hakim. Um, but uh, yeah, and then with with the extra kind of 
the extra ingredients we had. We were sending little packages to our friends to allow them to make these gorgeous meals at home. Um, and that's what we were doing with our extra stuff at home. And people absolutely loved it. And they were asking for more specific things. So that's when we heard um, the, the incubator program. And um, we said, okay, you know what, let's pitch it. Mm-hmm. And Sam's, um comes from a communications background. I come from, like I said, from an event corporate um, background. And we pitched um, and it was such a fun, actually, it was a, such a fun process because we had to do a lot of research on benchmarking, understanding what's out there, how the supply chain, et cetera, works. But such a fun process. Um, and as we did that, we really built out the concept further um, and how we really infused travel and the sense of place and culture into the way we designed um, the kits and collections. So, um, yeah, here we are today. We, we, we found out we won the incubator program in August. Uh, we launched our company and our first um, collection, which is the Indian Ocean collection. So it's six kits from six different countries in the Indian Ocean. Uh, and people just have to pick up the bag and it's a DIY uh, gourmet meal at home. Um, and that was launched in November. Um, we're now in April, aren't we? And um, oh, we've got wow. some really fun things in the pipeline. Six months then. I mean, that must be pretty mind-blowing to go from you know, cooking at home and thinking about what could be to then getting down to the practical side of looking at quantities and branding and discussions about what it looks like as a business model to then seeing your product on the shelves that must have been a moment yeah it was it was surreal because one of the things one of the things we hear the most and we get messages about the most on instagram is about our packaging so Mm. if you've walked past you know, our products in a Spinney's or Waitrose aisle, you will see they look really distinct. That was really, really important to us. So it was so important that for us, food is part of a holistic kind of lifestyle and telling the the story of the culture and the place and the people. So it was really important that the packaging really told that as well. So the artwork that you see on this, on our first collection in the stores now and our future collections are all commissioned by us with local artists from the countries that the collection is from. So it really brings out the culture and the sense of place. So seeing that on the shelves and seeing that art and seeing the kits and uh, watching people. I remember the first store I think we went into was um, uh, Umsakim, actually, to, that we went to pop into and that we saw. <laughs> Good. Great. And um, uh, we saw a lady walk in and pick up, uh, I believe it was a Monday kit. And that was, it was like an oh my goodness moment. Um, and it just, it, it felt so nice that people want to, have the same feeling they want to cook beautiful exotic meals at home and um kind of journey through food and then what what must be really lovely is to get feedback through platforms like instagram because you know you were lucky enough to see that moment of her picking it up and considering it and imagining what that's going to be like at home but what you don't get to see and i think about this about chefs in the kitchen all the time you know working so hard to create that but they yeah. don't often get to see the smile the enjoyment the, the conversations mm-hmm. over food so you know social media definitely gets a bit of a bad rap in so many ways but to be able to get feedback and people sharing their photos of what they made that must be really special absolutely. yeah absolutely i mean that's that's one of our favorite things because um you know because our products are at are at supermarkets we're not getting as much direct contact as we you know what you do if you're selling people tag us on instagram and share the stories and show us how they're making help we've got people who are making reels and super cute videos and it's just um it 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 just it warms our hearts and it's it's just 
kind of makes us want to do more, you know. So tell us then, make us hungry. If anyone is fasting, um, what they could be making at home. And we'll talk about the collaboration with Hatamata very soon. But what's in the current collection? You mentioned Indian Ocean has been one of your big influences initially. Can you tell us about some of the recipes that you can pick up in store? Sure, absolutely. So our first collection that we launched was the Indian Ocean collection. So we have six kits, six DIY kits as part of that collection. Um, One from the Maldives, Kenya, India, Sri Lanka, Mauritius, and then Yemen. Um, And we've got two kits that are fully vegan. Uh, So the Maldivian uh, kit and the Sri Lankan kit are fully vegan. And then the other four are flexi, which means you can add your protein of choice Mm. based on whether you want meat or veg, which is which is incredible. And a cool thing I'm noticing is that a lot of non-vegan, so I'm personally non-vegan, but I like try and do a few days a week um, vegan or vegetarian. I'm noticing a lot of people exploring vegan veganism through our kits as a kind of delicate way to introduce themselves into it. Yeah, so that's a little bit about the overall collection. In terms of recipes themselves, we've got um, a very interesting one. I'll talk about the Maldivian one. Um, it's the banana blossom fry from the Maldives, and the, the traditional name is Boashi. Um, and this one I actually discovered when I was diving in, in the Maldives. Um, and, you know, between you dive in the morning, dive in the evening, and between dives you need something protein-filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I didn't necessarily want meat because, um, you know, I was diving, might get a bit queasy and so on. So it was, it was a great vegan protein called banana blossom, which is the flower of a banana. We make a curry with it, which is beautiful and creamy, um, has top notes of mango and chili, and um, it's kind of tart and a little bit uh, spicy. It's gorgeous. The other one that might be quite interesting to talk about is the Matuzi Wasamaki from Kenya. Um, that is a coconut curry from Kenya. It's actually from um, different different countries from from the, from that coastline. Um, make it in different ways, but our particular recipe is from Kenya. Um, and uh, really beautiful top notes of star anise, um, cloves, and uh, cinnamon. And it's a gorgeous recipe and great with fish or with aubergines. Nisha, there of Naksha Collections, they create recipe kits so you can make exotic dishes at home. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Talking food, and I've been chatting to Nisha, one half of Naksha Collections. They create recipe kits of exotic dishes, inspiration from all, all over the world. And it started during the pandemic when they couldn't travel. So they explored the globe by cooking dishes from the likes of the Maldives, Kenya and more. And they learned about the Spinneys SME incubator programme through us, Dubai Eye. And we're also the reason behind their new collaboration with another foodie SME. It really does come full circle. The seeds of the idea were actually sown at the Farmer's Kitchen Grand Finale um, at Babel Shams, where Hatem was obviously grilling. And we were there, Sam and I, Sam, my co-founder, and I were there. Uh, we're lucky enough to be there. And we uh, were having a great conversation with Hatem, talking about, you know, food and different cultures um, and barbecuing. And, you know, we were chatting about what we do with our kids. He was talking about um, what he's passionate about. And we really wanted to find a way to work together and to collaborate because we found um, a lot of kind of common lines of thought. And it started with, okay, so there's great Hatem, uh, Hatem and the Matar Farm make a great smoked chicken. And that would taste incredible with our mandi, mm-hmm. which is our Yemeni kit. What we wanted to do initially was a pop-up or an event of some sort where we could showcase this kind of gorgeous gourmet dish from two home, homegrown brands. And um, I'm going to have to give Sam, my co-founder, the credit for this one, actually, because he really so, sewed it all together. I said, you know what? Spinneys and Waitrose have 
a gorgeous deli counter that, you know, I personally pop in and grab stuff from there all the time and Me they too. showcase. Daily. Right? Like they have <laughs> so really easy. nice stuff. It's so easy and it's great. Like coming back from the gym when you can't really be bothered to cook. Um, and they always have beautiful, fresh stuff at the deli counter. And of course, we're part of the Spinney's Incubator program. They've been so supportive. Um, so Sam actually put two and two together and said, why not see if we can get this beautiful Monday that we want to do a pop-up for a few days with, but actually make it more accessible to people in the UAE during the holy month of Ramadan and allow everyone to have this kind of gorgeous gourmet meal at home. So we kind of had the conversation with, with the Spinney's team. They were incredibly uh, receptive. I mean, they, they support local brands and have um, great produce. So it was a win-win for everyone. So Nisha, what you're saying is that you made it easy before, but now it's even easier because I don't even need to cook it myself. <laughs> Yeah, for yes. one month only, though. This is only during Ramadan. Hey, listen, <laughs> never say never. There could be an actual you know, collaboration every single month. Because that's what I love about the Spinney's Deli counter is I have my Very favorites. True kale salad but then I tend to go in and there's something new and I'm like oh actually there's a mm-hmm. there's a whole wheat pasta now with roasted veg that I love and if I do feel like I need a bit of protein I'll chuck a bit of rotisserie chicken on there there's always something new um so you, know, you never know so this can be found in the deli counter we're going to be speaking to Chef Hatamata about some of that smoked chicken and smoking at home but bringing together some of those beautiful Yemeni flavours. Tell us again some of the spices that are in, in this mandi. So the dish itself is our take. We riff on the traditional Yemeni mandi that's made at home, uh, but it's a very complex process normally. So our kit, the whole point is to simplify and allow people to make it easy to make at home. So we used our kit as the base. The actual dish is a bed of basmati rice that's infused with saffron. Um, it's studded with nuts and raisins. Uh, then we have a middle layer of kind of sauce with some gorgeous spices, top notes of cardamom, cinnamon, cloves, black pepper, um, and then the smoked chicken from the Matar farm laid on top of it so it is a trifecta of <gasps> deliciousness <laughs> oh, that, that is the phrase of the day a trifecta of deliciousness um and, and how you. are you marking ramadan yourself are you able to take this to some if tars I me mean, what a wonderful gift to say do you know what i'll bring some food to you or you know we love the idea of spending hours in the kitchen preparing to break fast but it's not the reality for many people you know life is very very busy what about you are you fasting um, you know what? So I'm actually planning to fast next week um, and it will be my first time fasting. Um, so I'm very excited. I'm actually really excited about it. I mean, I've been reading a lot about it um, and I'm going to be doing a full fast. So no liquids as well. I'm going to start with two days and see how I get on. But uh, absolutely. I mean, what you were saying earlier about being able to serve it for iftar a lot of a lot of people have been messaging us on instagram actually and saying oh can we order a full platter because we actually had um an event before we launched it at spinney's we had um an event with a few of our friends we even had a competition on instagram inviting allowing people to kind of enter to attend the event and if you see some photos of the monday we served it in this beautiful huge platter and it just looked so sumptuous um, so people have kind of messaged us and said, oh, can we get that same platter for our star? So uh, we're hoping to be able to make that happen. Oh, well, in the meantime, it can be found 
and that's your and Hatem Matar collaboration. Oh, right. I'm ready for dinner. Thank you so much for your time. Um, if people want to check out, the kits are obviously on um, on shelves in store and spinnies. And if they want to keep to up to date with you guys, you can be found on Instagram at Natural Collections. So, Nisha, thank you so, so much for your time today. Um, I love the idea of homegrown heroes coming together for the greater delicious good. And what would you say to anyone who might be thinking about starting their own business? It's obviously, you know, think back to the last 12 months and how life has changed for you guys could you even imagine that no the the reality is no like if you 12 months ago i was had a steady pretty very good full-time job and on an i based on an idea and the incubator program i i i quit and we folk i'm I'm now focusing on the full-time and i can't even explain what a pleasure it's been um and how much i've learned over the past six months I would recommend to anyone to get your business plan straight. Make sure that you know that that there is demand for what you want to what you want to provide mm. in whatever shape or form. I think in, the incubators and accelerators are great. The UAE actually, we're so lucky to be here because there are so many good ones, and they really really do help. So I would say, look at your sector, have a look see and see if there are any good incubators and accelerators. It's really helped us. Make sure you've got demand for your product. Build your business plan. Talk to people, but. If you really have a good idea and it ticks all these boxes, do it because you know you don't. If you get, you don't get opportunities all the time, so I feel really, really, really honoured that we've been able to do it this far, and, and hoping that we can kind of keep the momentum and uh, take forward. Nisha there of Naksha Collection, she and her partner Sam started that company during the pandemic, has transformed their lives and their recipe kits have transformed a few kitchens too, now can be found on the shelves of Spinney's. They've got a collaboration right now with Matar Farms. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. A barbecue iftar, why not? Talking smoking meat and barbecue techniques with Hatta Mata of Mata Farms. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Well, first of all, I would just like to say Ramadan Kareem to you, Hatta Mata. Thank you so much. Um, and second of all, uh, huge congratulations on the launch of the timeout market. It is a joy to have a little taste of the Matar farm um, there at Sukabaha and to be able to get sandwiches and indeed extra pickles on the side. And- you are the best. You've been there since we were, you know, barbecuing out of the backyard. You first told our story way, way, way back when. And then um, you and, and uh, Mr. Farmer coming by, just, you know, a full circle, everything. I really appreciate it. You know, he had to be held back. I was like, farms, play it cool. You, you, like, you, can we, we, need, we should like maybe that. make some small talk with some people here. He was like, no, where's my sandwich? I like that. Um, my pastrami, yeah. Oh, such, just a joy. Just a wonderful addition. And it's been really amazing to see how you've been collaborating with different people. And that's obviously what we're talking about today with Naksha and what you're doing with Spinney's. So can you tell us a little bit about that collaboration, how it came about and ultimately what we can eat? So you're still the linchpin even even across this story. <laughs> Remember that uh, that desert get-together we did for the season finale of Farmer's Kitchen? But of course. Naksha was sitting front and centre. Uh, they said, we're kind of part of the Spinney's incubator program. And I'm like, oh, that's super cool. What do you guys do? And they said, we do these packets of ingredients that, that help you cook from specific places around the world. And the first one that we're doing is the Indian Ocean. And I said, oh my God, how cool would it be if we did uh, like a smoked brisket or a smoked chicken mendy? And literally it was just something said en passant, like we were just like said it to each other and we're like, oh, that'd be cool. That'd be something cool to do. And then we really got into the nitty gritty of it and uh, it was uh, fate. 
nasib. How did you choose what kind of meat it's going to be and ultimately kind of how does it play out for customers eating it as well, Hatem? So the cool thing is, is this, this is a collaboration across, you know, three homegrown brands. It's Spinney's, obviously, it's Neksha, uh, and it's us. And each with their expertise, we picked um, smoked chicken mendi because it lends itself well uh, across the board. And, um, you know, it, it, chicken in terms of what's available uh, at the deli counter mm-hmm. uh, versus, you know, another, another meat uh, that maybe some people wouldn't be familiar with. Everybody knows chicken. And chicken exists at the deli counter at Spinney's anyway. This is our smoked chicken, uh, Neksha's Yemeni Mendi pack, at the Spinney's deli counter uh, across 20 locations in the UAE. We tried, we taste tested, obviously, with a bunch of foodies at the Matar Farm residence. We got the thumbs up from them. And we also got the thumbs up from Spinney's. And once we had that, we, it was just a matter of putting them on the shelf. Yay, it's brilliant. I love the sound of this. Absolutely love it. Now, I don't want to say it, but it was about 35 degrees when I was coming into the studio today. Summer is a coming, but I reckon we could still probably eke out a few weekends of barbecues. So I wanted to pick your brains, if you don't mind, a little bit about some of your favorite ways to barbecue at home and i'm not talking like arab pitmaster you know yeah. craziness i'm talking yeah. about you know everyone who is just wanting a bit of good good meat on the barbecue so what, um, what so uh, sunset time as soon as the you know as soon as the sun breaks and and it's not uh, the heat isn't so sharp uh, get the barbecue going whatever you're barbecuing regardless of cuisine regardless uh, of uh, cuisine and regardless of what you're cooking uh, grill with the lid closed. Mm-hmm. The uh, the juices that your cuisine is uh, releasing will actually help hydrate the meat. So grilling with the lid closed is a big one. And know what your uh, temperature is and uh, make sure that you know what temperature your food is done at so you don't have to keep peaking and losing all of that heat. A lot of that is uh, a lot of that is the secret to barbecue. Which kind of meat or even specific cut do you feel like is the most forgiving uh, for people who might not be that experienced or feeling a bit nervous about getting behind the grill for the first time? The, anything that's uh, a fattier cut of meat, so even a juicier burger, uh, a 30% uh, fat ratio to meat, kofta, uh, chicken with the skin on, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, stuff that's fattier will help keep your meat juicy uh, and will help keep everything hydrated. So if you're trying burgers for the first time, make sure they're super, uh, they're not super lean, uh, the opposite of uh, what, what, the, what the health people would tell you. But just fattier cuts of meat are more forgiving on the barbecue for sure. And what about smoking at home? You've smoked, as we've discussed before, just about everything, chocolate, cheese, a whole camel. Yeah. What about smoking at home? That, that feels like something a little bit intimidating, to be honest. Do you think we all might have the gear to do it without even realizing? It's actually just about um, setting up your fire away from your food. And that's as easy as, you know, cutting the circle of your grill, cutting it in half, putting the heat on one side, the meat on the other side, and then making sure the lid where the holes are for the smoke to come out are over top your meat. Something as simple as that, that's a, a good setup for smoking, whether you're, sa- you're smoking chicken or the, the proverbial burger. It's as simple as putting the heat on one side and the meat on the other um, and then just uh, keeping that lid closed. Can I ask you how you are breaking your fast right now? You're not getting up early for uh, for your breakfast. You're sleeping as long as possible to keep the mood yeah. as good as possible. But then when it comes yeah. to breaking your fast, what are some of your go-tos? We did um, this tradition in my house. My mom would put uh, dates in a glass of milk for my father and I. And she put it at the back of the fridge so it would be super cold. And then by the time uh, Iftar rolled around, 
those dates had become super mushy, super soft, mm. and, and the milk was super sweet. And then you had the, the, the dates at the bottom kind of as a treat. I still do that. I still keep that tradition going. And it's actually like a, a meal on its own. It's, your glass is big enough, and if you've got enough dates, uh, I still do that. And then I'm uh, at the timeout market, so I get to eat whatever I want. I'm uh, eating some, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I'm eating my food. Sometimes I'm eating somebody else's. Um, so tell us, for anyone who's going to the timeout market over the weekend, what is on the menu, and what would you like if if someone's never had food from the Matar Farm before? What should they be ordering to to really understand what you're all about, Hatem? I always do. Uh, I always ask people on the line uh, how many people are eating, and if it's two or more, I say. Uh, get a brisket sandwich, get a pastrami Reuben, cut them in half and do the switcheroo. That way you cover all your bases. Love it. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, I might see you there at the weekend. Um, have a wonderful afternoon ahead. For, as you said, the collaboration is now available across around 20 spinny stores. You and Nacho yep. are getting, getting, making everyone's iftar that much easier, to be honest with you. Yes, we're, all, we're all busy people, so why not let other people do the, do the heavy lifting and the hard work and the flavours and the taste testing and we just get to eat the results of all of that hard work. Hatamata, yeah. what's the best way of finding you guys on uh, on social media and indeed track, tracking you down at uh, Time we're Market on, as well? Uh, we're on social media uh, at uh, the Matar Farm and uh, on uh, the internet at thematarfarm.com Ramadan Kareem to you. Congratulations on the collaboration. I'm really excited. I think I'm going to be getting some on my way home for my dinner. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Joining us on the line now to talk camel milk chocolate, which may well be on your list this Ramadan. Delighted to be in conversation with Patrick DeRay from Al Nasma Chocolate. And for centuries, camel milk has been a really important source of nutrition for nomadic cultures in really harsh environments like the desert. It's available, of course, in drinking form from Spinneys, but also in chocolate. To tell us more, here is Patrick. So, Patrick, when you go to Spinney's, what do you find yourself picking up and putting in your basket time and time again? Well, certainly some chocolate, Helen. Thank you for having me. Good and answer. a bottle of Camelicious and a bottle of Camelicious fresh milk. So I need to know a little bit more because I have tried your chocolate. In fact, I had a bite of a camel chocolate, camel, <laughs> earlier today. And I was told off on Instagram, apparently I, I need to eat the feet first, not the head first. But I've never tried camel milk itself. And I just wondered if you were expla- able to explain a little bit about the flavour profile, first of all, of the milk, and then also in the chocolate as well. What kind of distinctive characteristics do you think it has? Well, one thing that's interesting about camel milk is it's not really dairy. Um, it's the closest to mother's milk that you can have. It has um, half as much fat compared to cow's milk, three to five times more vitamin C, and what's more interesting is that there are actually no known allergies to camel's milk. So it's not lactose-free. There's just as much lactose in camel's as in cow's milk, but it has a different protein structure. So um, the, the body absorbs it in a different way. So um, can I ask then, you talk about the protein structure. Is, is, the, is the protein smaller than it would be in a cow's milk, so it's able to be absorbed a bit more easily? Or are you, what's the science behind it? Um, listen, Helen, I, I'm, I'm, I sell camel milk chocolate. I don't know much about science. I can't answer that question. <laughs> but it's delicious is the, main, is the main point. Now, I'm certainly not suggesting that it's healthy, but it does seem to have some pretty significant health benefits there. It also seems to me 
to be naturally sweeter as well, which must make it popular in the region. We know that um, international brands will often kind of customise their flavours for this part of the world to make them a little bit sweeter because that seems to be what we, what we prefer. Can you talk a little bit about the varieties? Go on, make us hungry, Patrick. When it comes to camel milk chocolate, what are some of the choices available at Al Nasma? Am I allowed to contradict you on the show? Oh, um, I don't know. I have got the power of the microphone, so be careful. In fact, um, uh, camel milk is inherently a bit salty. Really? And uh, that has to do with the, um, well, because you haven't tasted it, uh, but uh, camel milk is a bit salty in nature, and that has to do with the feed that they feed off of. Um, we get our camel milk powder from Camelicious, which is um, up on the Elaine Road, uh, mm-hmm. just past Albert Mall. Um, it's um, a farm that has something like 8,500 camels now. Um, and the camels are, are treated like in a, in a five-star palace. Um, <laughs> they give milk twice a day. They, camels only give about six, seven, eight liters. It's a bit more complicated than that. But if we, if we tried to summarize it, they give about six, seven liters of milk a day um, compared to dairy cattle that can give 40, 50, some from even bread up to 90 wow. uh, liters a day. So um, that's why camel milk chocolate is a bit more expensive uh, because uh, we're paying something like fifty, sixty dollars uh, uh, if you want a kilo for the milk powder, uh, which is much more. It's about twenty times more expensive than cow milk powder. So um, in terms of flavor profile, it gives a bit of a salty taste. Now, if you look at Al Nasma and the range that we have, we've got gift items and, and chocolate bars. Um, with uh, different kind of flavors. We have a, a wonderful white chocolate with pistachios. And I would challenge you to, to, to open one up and, and um, just you'd, you'd be astonished how many pistachios that you put into it. You know how it is sometimes if you're, if you're buying a nut bar and you're looking for that one hazelnut that's supposed to be on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if you look at ours, you'll see that we're very rich in, in our, in our uh, recipes. Um, obviously because the camel milk powder is so expensive. So, um, you know, we, we're not really concerned about the price of the pistachio today. Can I ask then, so you get the, the camel milk powder from Camelicious, another UAE company, of course. And then what happens in the chocolate factory? Can you explain a little bit what happens behind the scenes? Everything from tasting the different, you know, flavor combinations all the way through to production to get it on the shelves at Spinney's. Yeah. What, what happens? So in terms of recipes, we try to remain um, true to the origins of the region here. So we wouldn't really do like a chili mango or something like that. That's not really what we do. We do an Arabia, which is a mix of Arabic spices with some cardamom and cinnamon and anise. Uh, we have a, a wonderful macadamia orange. Um, we have a, a camel, camel-shaped camel chocolate filled with a macadamia cream, uh, uh, honey nut, you know, this sort of thing. But what we do is we get the milk powder. And um, we're probably one of the only companies that are very, very few, you'd be astonished, that actually produce chocolate from bean to bar. Uh, most chocolate companies, industrial companies, are buying chocolate masses mm-hmm. from uh, producers like Barry Calabout, for example. It's a, a $5 billion uh, Swiss franc company that supplies chocolate to major uh, chocolate producers. But, of course, they wouldn't have chamomile chocolate in their, um, in their catalog. So uh, being that we're making camel milk chocolate and not using cow milk, then we really have to work from the bean. So we're a bean-to-bar producer. So the, the camel milk powder enters the factory. We mix it with the bean that, that, that we've roasted, that we've ground. Um, and then our core recipe, the, the base recipe only has five ingredients. That's the cocoa butter, cocoa mass, there's a bit of sugar, acacia honey, and bourbon vanilla. So we use only only these ingredients. So 
Um, you know, we're making chocolate the way chocolate was made. Um, we stick to the old recipes that were used 100 years ago, you know, before the invention of substitutes and artificial stuff and, and um, uh, palm oil and vegetable fats and everything that's really only there to make the recipe cheaper. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, you know, we're, we're going the other way around. And if you also look at our packaging, our wooden boxes, uh, they, they come from Germany. Um, our gift boxes, the material to, to, to make the gift boxes, it feels a bit like camel, camel hide. That comes from France. Um, our, our bar, our cardboard bar packaging come from Switzerland. Um, so, you know, we're, <laughs> we're kind of proud of the fact that it used to be the packaging would come from, from Dubai and the chocolate from Switzerland. And, and we've, <laughs> we've actually reversed that. Claire's been in touch on 4001 saying, Alnas and macadamia nut and orange bar is delicious. She says, I always pick up the airport when traveling home, which I think speaks to a really interesting point, actually. You know, yours is such a, you know, a treasured souvenir for people um, traveling internationally through the airport and, of course, from buying here in Dubai to take back home. What's the last year been like in that respect? You know, what kind of trends have you noticed? And it must be getting to a busy time as well, of course, in, in Ramadan. What's been going on these last 12 months? Well, uh, first of all, I'd, I'd like to use this opportunity to, to, to say a big thank you uh, to Colin McLaughlin and his team at Dubai Duty Free. Um, they, they were the first back in 2009 who embraced the idea of camel milk chocolate. I mean, when we first started up, you have to understand people were not really waiting for camel milk chocolate. They said, really, who needs that, you know? Um, and, and now 10 years, 10 years on in, 12 years on in, uh, we've developed um, uh, ourselves in the airport duty freeze that were, you know, you'd be surprised the, the brands that are behind us. Um, and uh, we have a distribution footprint now for Al-Nasma from Sydney to San Diego via Iceland. Uh, we're, we're, selling online in, <laughs> we're selling online in Iceland. Um, so I think in a way, you know, which country can brag that it has its own chocolate and such a unique product? And, and um, in terms of what Dubai produces mm-hmm. uh, and exports, and I think this is, this is um, uh, quite a story. And we, we prefer to let the product do the talking. Um, but in terms of airport duty freeze, we're in about 20 airports. Um, in, in Morocco, uh, in, in Egypt, of course, in the region here, but as far outfield as Delhi and, and Kuala Lumpur. Wow. Uh, now, now, obviously, this year, this year has been tough for the COVID year, and, and, and we're recovering, um, but we're actually seeing now record sales in, in Dubai duty-free. And interestingly enough, we're, uh, to talk about the other duty-frees, we're, we're also doing very well in, in Sharjah with Dufree in, in Abu Dhabi. And, and it might be interesting to note uh, Ras Al Khaima has an international airport. Um, it was doing about a million passengers a year pre-COVID. We're, we're doing extremely well there. We've got a, our camel display, our iconic golden camel, sighted there. And because of the passenger mix, you know, it's a lot of European charters mm, and, right. and people from Belarus and from Ukraine kind of uh, escaping the, the dreary weather that's up there and enjoying the beaches here. Uh, we took extremely well in Razakam Airport. And taking back a taste of the UAE. Manal is saying, my mouth is watering. Where can I get those chocolates? Spinney's is the, your easiest bet um, on, on, the, on shelves there from the gifting to bars. And yes, the camel that I may yeah. have devoured shortly before the show. Um, I want to ask you, Patrick, you're a keen cook yourself. Have you um, got any recommendations for incorporating some camel milk chocolate into recipes? Could you have a cook with it, you know, grate it? What do you oh. think would work well? Oh, of course, of course, of course. You can make chocolate mousses. Any, any, any chocolate recipe that you're going to do, uh, you can use our chocolate and you just temper it. You know, you, you put it, for example, in the, in the hot water bath just to, to, to melt it down, if you want to call it that, and incorporate it. And, and our Arabia bar, which I mentioned before, with the, that mix of 
typical Arabic spices um, like like coriander and cinnamon and anise is, is absolutely just wonderful. Um, Europeans would kind of liken it a bit to gingerbread, um, but all of our chocolates can be used the same way you do as any other chocolate um, for, for dessert. Right. I know what I'm doing after the show. Get some more chocolate. Thank you so much, Patrick, well, joining so us from El Naspo. Really, really mentioned. appreciate your time. And I am sure many people are going to be giving uh, giving camel milk, milk, and yes, chocolate a whirl over the weekend. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Don't forget, you can tune in live to Farmer's Kitchen every single Thursday afternoon on Dubai Eye 103.8 between 2 and 5 p.m.